And a good evening, gentlemen. Hello there. Hello. How are you guys? Doing, doing good. It's yeah. It's, it's cold. It's quite it cold. It is cold. It is quite cold. How are you? Bitter, bitterly cold. At least on the East Coast. Right. I mean, my goodness, my goodness. It was so warm and toasty last week. We got up into like the the nether regions of like the seventies. But we knew at the time that it was temporary. Yeah. It was that's yeah. it was a gift. It was a gift. This was going to come back. Winter was not done with us. We knew this. We knew this. Which has been so rudely taken away from mm-hmm. us. Wow. But, you know, by the time this episode airs, it's probably going to be like 90. Right. So, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Something well, like I, that. I, 70s at least. Greg? Yeah. I, West Coast. I, I, hey, West, West Coast, Coast, Greg. How you doing? West Coast, Greg, Greg <laughs> reporting from the West Coast. How you guys doing? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, you know, it was, um, it's been, it's been nice uh, here. Except uh, yesterday, actually, rained quite a bit, kind of all all day, oh. on and off in LA. I know. Yeah, I know. I'm not, compla- I'm not complaining. No. Um, do you have an umbrella? Uh, yes, I do. Just for for emergencies. <laughs> well, LA has an umbrella. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we all just share it. <laughs> Um, it's like one of those ride-sharing mm-hmm, things. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just pass it around. Yep. But uh, before that, I was actually in uh, Arizona. Um, oh, oh, Played okay. some shows. Really? Yeah, I went to uh, Flagstaff and okay. Glendale, which is just outside of Phoenix. And it was really nice out nice. there. Have you ever been to Flagstaff? Have you ever made, no, made, I've made been it? through Flagstaff and yeah. haven't stayed there. So you've driven through Flagstaff. It's a really, inter- it's a really interesting town. Um I never, I didn't realize this going going into it, but it just has the, um, it has the sort of characteristic of say like um, like a Ithaca or some kind of town with without a lot of cha- chains, if you will. I was about to say, what is the characteristic of Ithaca exactly? Well, I they have like a rules that you can't have like a, there's no McDonald's there, there's no uh, oh, Burger King, oh, like okay. You, okay. Yeah, so like everything is like a mom and pop. I was thinking like liberal pop. college town or something. I don't know. Well, yeah. it, it seems it has that vibe too for sure. But it's also it just seems a little un, like less touched than the rest of cities that I go to. Mm. It definitely cool. felt like cool. oh, it's kind of like the Wild West here a little bit. But, but oh, neat. No, nice. it's not. It's not like behind. It's just it's charming and no, au- they em- they embrace feeling. like the natural flora and fauna and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's um. It was definitely a, and a cool theater too called the Orpheum. Anyway, it was a nice little trip out there. It's a long, boring drive from uh, from Cal from you know L.A. to out there, but you know. Oh, wow, you drove. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we drove this time, and um, I mean it's it's like seven hours, but um, <laughs> and then like a couple hours between the gigs. But mm-hmm. hey, man, that's you know. That's what it is, you know. You gotta get yeah, it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> mm-hmm. But really, two really good shows. So worth awesome. it. Good stuff. Well, guys, I I, I did want to give you an update. Well, you know, last week we uh, I, well I dropped kind of an important announcement. Um, it's like a PSA the foundation. Up front. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was the the announcement of the formation of my new foundation mm-hmm. um, to combat what we you know what I not not just me hundreds of thousands of people um, see as a decline in the quality of electronic components, um, bit parts, really, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. called the Alliance to Restore Sanity and Electronics Stability, um, or ARSA. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and let me just tell you guys, the response has been, I mean, overwhelming. Really? It's just been, it's just been incredible. Tell, tell us. But I, I mean, I, I, I want to say right off the bat, 
Greg, your friend Kaz. Um, yes. You know, she stepped up to the plate. We've, we've had a lot of volunteers coming coming through, mm-hmm. um, but she stepped up to the plate and, and came up with a new logo for us. Oh, um, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, which, you know, we might be sharing on the website. You know, it's it's a bit on a riff on a old Simpsons meme. Um, ah, yes. But it, it fits it fits the bill perfectly. So okay. thank you to Kaz. Big shout out there. Um, we've had a lot of people, you know, asking how they can get in touch, how they can volunteer to help you know the situation mm-hmm. but um you know the, the my phone's been ringing off the hook really and so i just wanted to you know i i wanted to, to we highlight hadn't, a we couple hadn't of even callers. published the number yet yeah that's great <laughs> yeah well i mean <laughs> if you go to the website and again i have to say i misspoke last week i i did say that it was arses.com uh-huh um but uh that is not correct that is not correct it's actually arses institute dot no, arses.institute Ars, ar, that's it. That, I'm so, thank you, Nick. It's arses.institute. Got it. Thank you. So, um, you know, if you're looking for arses, I'm sorry if I if I sent you to the wrong place, but um, people have been able to get in touch with us. So I just wanted to let me just play a couple clips uh, at random. Some of the voicemails that we've gotten in on the arses. Okay, line. great. Um, and again, this is just you know, this is all about making sure that the people who manufacture elect- tiny, insignificant electronic components right. are held accountable okay. for their actions. Right. So, mm, okay. Um, okay. I'll just pick one at random here. Here we go. Um, uh, hey, hey, is this, this number for, for arses? Um, I mean, I really like, really like arses, and I think I uh, just was wondering where to go. Um, is this Is this not the place? Is this... Anyway, um, uh, thanks, Arsus. Okay, um, wow. I don't, I, well, yeah. he seemed like he, maybe that was, like I said, I was just picking a, a couple at random. Um, maybe he was c- confused, but he seemed he, he seemed uh, yeah. enamored mm-hmm. with with the cause. So, anyway, there there is another one that uh, you know we had a couple of big name folks call in. Oh. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to. You know, I don't don't want to. I don't want to brag. What can I ask before we before we hear that? What, what are you sure. going to do with that? What would you like to do? Like, what are you going? What's the? Where do we? Where do you go from here? You know, I don't know. Uh, I'm willing to take okay. it as far as it can. You know, okay. halls of Congress. Um, and did, did you, you know, say, if it needs to go international, that's fine. Okay. And yeah. did you say your logo was a still from The Simpsons? Bird yeah. Clock also wants to follow up on that oh bird clock has been as our attorney it's yeah it's important if we know if you're (laughs) violating any copyrights so absolutely okay all right uh so you know the sky's the limit we're going to take it as far as we can until we get uh, this headphone adapter issue solved okay but you know we like i said we have had a couple you know bigger names hop in and lend their support so just wanted to play one um from friend of the show uh john batiste okay all right hi this is john batiste and I just wanted to say thank you so much, Arses. Man, what you guys are doing is great. I can't tell you how many times I had a headphone adapter break right in the middle of a recording session. I'm like, John, what the heck am I supposed to do? I've been everywhere, but I can't find no headphone adapters that work right. This is John Baptiste. Keep it up, Arses. You're doing something right. So that, I mean, so there you have it. I mean, that, that to wow. me is, he's a big deal. I, I mean, he's, he's you're telling me top of the yeah. You're I, telling I, me, bro. I I actually don't. I, well, you know what? He's on the Stephen Colbert show. He's got to have a good sense of humor. I, I certainly hope so. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Me too. So yeah, that's it, guys. Um, 
that's just an update for where we are with <laughs> arses these days. Um, you know, okay. it's keep let's keep the uh, the enthusiasm rolling. You know, uh, any uh, any contributions, anything that you have to add, you know, just send it to arses.institute. Um, it's really appreciated, guys. I appreciate the time. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. I'll, I'll go ahead and get that registered. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Why don't you say we get this thing started <laughs> before the power goes out again? Whoop. Yep. Yes, that's right. This is You Should Check It Out. This is episode 138. 138. Mm-hmm. Coming at Ooh. you on a beautiful Thursday. Uh, the power gods are with us now, mm-hmm. we hope. Yep. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. Hey, man, we have an awesome show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. We're going to be talking about stuff out of order because mm-hmm. some big stuff went down. And uh, Greg, without any further ado, why don't we get into uh, to your section of the show, please? Yeah, well, um, I think by the time this airs, it'll have been just about a week uh, since the uh, sudden, shocking passing of uh, Taylor Hawkins, oh, yeah. the drummer for the Foo Fighters. Yeah. And uh, a very storied career. I believe he was with the band for 20 or 25 years. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, also kind of known as, you know, Dave Grohl's best buddy. Mm-hmm. They would always, they were kind of inseparable and in the band and also off stage. Let's listen to a, let's listen to a great performance of uh, Foo Fighters song called My Hero. This is live. Um, I can't, I couldn't tell you where this was from, but uh, you can really hear Taylor's power behind the drum set. Let's do it. And that's like a huge, huge audience. You yeah. Know, every time those guys played, it was you know in front of massive crowds. And uh, I don't know, someone I feel like it was. It really sent ripples in the into the musical community and beyond. Sure did. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Um, because I mean, he was a guy. I mean, he'd made it like this. You know, and Foo Fighters are. You know, they sort of have. I don't want to call it clean cut. But they have a stable image. They seem like normal dudes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. But nice guys. Sadly, I mean, but the dude was fifty years old, and um, 
I don't want to go into the details, but like there were there was stuff found in his system. Yeah, um, I know. That and sucks. they're still figuring it all out. And so the it's just it was just really just like ah, what a what a big loss. Yeah. You know, yeah. they I mean they just played uh, Lollapalooza in Argentina like the night before or uh, or at least a couple nights before. Wow. Um, he was in a hotel in Bogota, Colombia, when they found him, and. Um, it's just really bad, you know. Just bad news. It's and awful. I, the Foo Fighters announced today. Uh, today's Tuesday, uh, the 29th, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and um, they just announced earlier this afternoon that their entire summer tour is canceled. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, we didn't. Know, we were all in shock, but um, some bandmates and I were like, "Well, is like Josh Freese gonna like get called to hop in on drums, or mm-hmm. um, who's gonna who's gonna fill in?" You know, or yeah. Is Dave gonna start playing drums again? Like, what well, you know, what's the, what's gonna happen? But this obviously makes the most sense because that's how shocking it was. You know, sure, yeah. it's not like the Rolling Stones with Charlie Watts. No, no, where <laughs> yeah, it was no, an they played like a gig a week later. First time he ever took a break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but this is like really just a sad thing. And just so you know a little, a little more about Taylor, I don't know, if, you know, if you're listening and you, and maybe you don't know the the story of his career. But he was hired by Alanis Morissette at the height of her, right when she came out okay. as her touring drummer, and what a gig! So, you yeah. So this is let's play a clip from 1995. This is uh, Alanis Morissette, her TV debut on David Letterman with Taylor Hawkins on drums. You'll recognize yeah. this song. I want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both. I know that version of me is she perverted like me. Would she go down on me in a theater? Does she speak eloquently? And would she have your baby? I'm sure she'd make her really excellent mother. The love that she gave her name was a hail of a maker. Absolutely. So tight. Yeah, and that bass I mean, too. Mm, th- man. Yeah, that bass player is tasty, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sidebar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not to go on too much of a Alanis Morissette sidebar, but I definitely heard that same song on Jack FM coming home, taking my son home from school the other day, and I was like, you know, I kind of miss 1995. Aww. Actually, I really oh, miss 1995. Can... <laughs> when a song like that yeah. can make it on the radio. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, man. And like she's, she was so, um, yeah. We 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 lived through it, and uh, we remember how kind of quirky but like passionate she was when she came out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, I didn't own Jagged Little Pill, but I didn't have to because I didn't see anywhere you went. So so <laughs> exactly. so he gets the gig with with Alanis, right? And then and yeah, I mean, which by the way, and so you know who's you know who's opening for them, right? On this tour, 
Who's that? Radiohead on the <laughs> OK Computer. Okay. You're, just, you know. Radiohead's so, opening so you know. for you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's with Alanis Morissette, and you can find the detailed version of this online. Sure. But basically, he's, he, through that, is now, like, hanging out with the bigger dogs. He meets Dave Grohl. They get a, along immediately. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the day they met, Alanis pulled him aside and said, well, what are you going to do when he pulls you away for his band? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Very astute yeah. of her. Right. Well, they're like and twins. So she, <laughs> it's like, like Taylor looks... Exactly. Always, he looks so much like Dave Grohl. It was like a, like a blonde, right. younger Dave Grohl in the background. It was crazy. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, sure enough, yeah, I think the story is he heard on the radio... He heard on the radio that um, Foo Fighters were looking for someone. And uh, I think he called Dave and was like, you know, I'm your guy. And he's like, I didn't, I, I, or either that or Grohl called him saying, hey, I'm looking for a drummer. And he's like, well, I'm, the buck stops here. Like, I, yeah, I'm your guy. Yeah. I'm your guy. <laughs> uh, because Grohl didn't think that he would want to leave Alanis because she was yeah. the biggest star in the world. But he really wanted to be in a rock band, mm-hmm. which yeah. Alanis ha- was, but it was a, you yeah. know, it's her it's her thing. Mm-hmm. So, any case, so he ends up joining the Foo Fighters right after the color and the shape oh. is uh, gotcha. released. Okay, and I remember this because the one and only time I saw Taylor Hawkins was, and I've probably mentioned this story on the show, but when I saw Foo Fighters in a Tower Records parking lot in 1997, <laughs> which, by the way, I found the footage of online. It was posted two months ago. Really? What? And there's a foot. Someone, someone held uh, held a camcorder up during that entire show and caught the whole thing. Oh no, no crap! Yeah, that's amazing, wow, yeah, yeah. dude. Well, so that's a piece of. I posted of it on my Facebook. Oh, did you? Okay. I posted. Yeah, yeah. I posted it on my Facebook page, and I'm like, hey, I don't know. It's like you see like these bodies flying around, uh-huh. and like that was the only day, the only time I ever crowd surfed was that show. <laughs> like you might see me. Yeah, I, like I haven't combed through it, but there's a possibility <laughs> that you might see a one young of the Greg obnoxious kind of little. Sh- that's me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Look for the Dream yeah, Theater that, T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look for the wallet chain. <laughs> oh, <boy>. Yeah. <laughs> you just ditched that a couple um, years ago, didn't you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean ditched it? Uh, never mind. Um, yeah. So, um, but anyway, so was it was it uh, was it Dave Grohl playing on drums on Color on the Shape? I think in the end he did. He played it. He played all the instruments on the debut. We know right. that, right? Mm-hmm. On color and the shape, he, it's it's fuzzy because he had a different drummer at the time, but that guy was struggling. Gotcha. Mm. So you may have to dig into it, but it wasn't Taylor. Fair enough. He, he, his debut was the the whatever their their third album was was Taylor's first uh, recorded performance with them. Okay. Um, but dude, Taylor has. I mean, we just heard him playing some straight ahead rock stuff. Like mm-hmm. flawlessly, let's hear him do something a little more technical. Because I, I, Nick, I want to hear your reaction to this. Okay, this is this is from a, this is a live drum solo, like a feature in during one of the Foo Fighters gigs. Let's let's spin that. Do it. T- tell me who this reminds you of. Peart.
Ah, uh, yes. Beautiful. Yes, indeed. Great, huh? That's phenomenal. I don't know if you're going to include the audio. I, I hope you don't because it's probably obnoxious um, of us talking <laughs> over top of it, but that's a lot of Neil Peart's The Rhythm Method, which is like a solo yeah. he worked on for about 20 years of his career. Yeah. Um, but oh, flawless. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, and, it's an interpretation. And yeah. And obviously an, a nod. You yes, know. indeed. Oh, that's and, for the drum and, uh, nerds. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I took that as, a, yeah. as a, nothing but a just an homage and well done. Pretty much, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so here he is, you know, just crushing it, you know, with the Foo Fighters. And, mm -hmm. But in 2001, he that he was, again, I don't want to pay too too much attention to, like, the dark stuff, but he was hospitalized, I believe, for a uh, drug overdose. And then he talked about it in interviews as, like, a turning point for him. Mm. So... Yeah, and, and so you see him and Grohl running around and, you know, they just really seem like they have it together. Yeah. And now you, you come to this... I mean, they reopened Madison Square Garden. If you guys remember that, when, when co with yep. COVID, they were like some of the first shows to come back. Foo Fighters! They're like yep. one of the biggest rock bands in the world. Maybe Absolutely. the biggest rock band in the world. They're getting Seriously, there. And I, I, I put no hesitation before saying that. They're definitely the biggest rock band in the world. Yeah, and so for this to happen to the biggest rock band in the world right at the height of their powers, right as they're finally like about to start this summer of madness of touring, you know, and just really crushing it. They've got it down to a science. Yeah. For this to happen is just really, I mean, it's like the, the pillar on which they built it on. Yeah. And, it for, and for it to happen to Dave Grohl again. Mm -hmm. I know, yeah. I mean, that's the, the exactly. most brutal part for me, like is to lose another friend and bandmate Mm -hmm. um, yeah, to and the same so special. idea, you know. Yeah. Like it's, uh, God, I feel for the guy. I really do. Yeah, and he hasn't even said anything yet uh, about it personally. No, he hasn't no. made a statement or anything, and I don't even know if he's. I mean, it's hey, it's time. hard to imagine he's gonna. Yeah, and honestly, they don't know yet. If the, I mean, yes, there were there were trace elements of it, but they don't. I mean, there really hasn't been like an autopsy. So that's true. So That's we really true. don't know if it was. I mean, it. it yeah. I don't know. That but sucks because he, the, the, he had the been sober for, the matter, for like five or ten years, yeah. which is which, which know, should be commended yeah. in and of itself. We uh, don't know if that's what killed him, but right. We we do know that he had he wasn't his system wasn't clean, you know. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, one thing um, that you know you, you, you said you said with uh, his homage to Neil Peart, mm -hmm. and I think that's one of the things that he and Grohl really. Uh, you know, like bonded helped over. them collaborate. That yeah, they had this like they really did like worship all these te more technical bands, mm -hmm. but decided we will we'll bring in like little elements of that into our stuff, but not go crazy because right. we're not really those types of guys. Mm -hmm. um, but we will listen to yes or whatever and put it in. Yeah, you know our stuff like a little bit. Geek out, rock um, out, come, and, come up with some small yeah. riff that's like an element inspired yeah. by, but then. Yeah, make it their own. And I remember, <laughs> I remember some dudes that I was playing with. Jay, I'll tell you off the air who it was. And someone like Can I when find this out? next. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. Okay. <laughs> when this next song uh, came out, which is like a more recent Foo Fighters song, they were, they were like, "Man, this is so dope." Who is like he's he, the way he's hitting the bell? I'm like, yeah, that's Neil Parrott because these same guys were also like massive <laughs> Rush haters. I'm like, yeah, they. That's straight up like a Leo Peart copy. You yeah. like it when he does it. Right. <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're a hypocrite. But anyway, um, <laughs> so let's listen to this song. It's called Ro uh, Rope. Awesome. Ooh, love this song. Give us a rope, I'm 
Oh yeah. Yeah, That's man. Awesome. I, yeah, man. I, I gotta tell you, like, I'm, I'm really, I'm like really heartbroken for the. F- I mean, not only for Taylor and his and his family, but and not only for Dave Grohl, but like for Foo Fighters and for rock music in in general. Because mm-hmm. as much as I, you know, I used to love the Foo Fighters. I think, like a lot of us, they kind of lost me mid two thousands. They were going for way it's too more poppy like, of a it's sound. It's more like we moved and, on. That might be it because they still know. they're still putting out like just freaking rock records. Like they're they're solid rock records. It's just for me, I don't know. It was it was just like okay, yeah, cool. Uh, it sounds to me like what yeah, I don't know. That's that that's my two cents. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what I was gonna say. Um, Sorry. I wasn't like I'm like really like following their every move yeah. but what i respected about them was that they were like one of the few remaining like really hardcore they you can call them a rock band you know mm-hmm. they were doing the rock thing and like loud and proud and filling stadiums across the world doing yeah. it you know they're having and fun they're, yeah i mean they're just one of the last remaining torchbearers for that thing you know like you put them in the same group as like pearl jam doing that kind of thing and it just it's it saddens me because who knows what's going to happen to the food fighters um from this you know you can see dave Grohl saying eh, it was a it was a really good run and putting a flag in you know and and that would be sad it would it would yeah but obviously it's a, yeah but that's his decision but you can't i mean Grohl's he's gonna he's gonna do what he does <laughs> and that guy that guy just i don't know right you don't think so I don't know. I think it's I, I, there's definitely a chance that he maybe like sees this as like I don't know if if I can continue this project without him. I, I would I mean? agree. Like it may be the sunset yeah. on Foo Fighters, and he may decide to do that for Taylor. Like it's just not Foo Fighters without him. But I mean, I, I yeah, yeah I, I don't think he's done. I mean, the guys, the guys, no, no, is, no, no, is boundless. no. Dave no, Grohl no, no. is not is not done. Yeah. But you're not going to start a project. And immediately get to the heights of what the Foo Fighters were at. No, hundred like percent. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, not not. I mean, it really. And so, listen. Go, you know, listen to some Foo Foo yeah. Fighters, or or go um go watch some Taylor Hawkins videos on YouTube or whatever. You know, rest in peace, man. Age fifty, mm. left behind a beautiful family. It's really sad. Ooh, freaking young. And um, our fr- friend of the show, Harry, man, he was working on a record with him. Really? Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and so I thought of him and texted him, but not right away because I was like, I didn't want to be the bearer of bad news, you know. We found out right before playing in Arizona, so I said a little something to the crowd yeah. um, about it and because I was like, I can't, like, I'm just thinking about this on stage, yeah, you know. And, sure. Uh, and Pete was about to take a drum solo. I was like, Pete's going to play a little bit extra for you guys, you know, and the spirit of, uh, you know, Taylor. Right. So it was good to kind of try to... <laughs> you know channel it yeah um mm-hmm. but yeah definitely a heavy heavy weekend <laughs> yeah you know yeah totally. um and um let's i've got one last clip i know i've taken up a, a good amount of time um but i thought it was important absolutely dedicate some time to taylor and um this is from their last show together from his last performance um and this is where this is when when he started singing, I was like, "This guy, it, this isn't even fair." Like, is, I don't. Know, what was your reaction the first time you ever heard Taylor Hawkins sing? Jay, uh, 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 I, uh, 
I, I love them. I love it. It's great. It's great. Okay. Yeah, because like, <laughs> I, just, I just remember you were you. Were, you I just remember. You just I mean, if you're talking, the first time I've ever heard Taylor Hawkins sing was with was this clip, and he's struggling a, a little bit. And I don't want to say that. In the I know, but he's singing podcast, Queen. So I, <laughs> he's singing Queen and doing an excellent job. But have you, okay, I mean, and I. But if you really want to, I mean, you could hear him play, uh, sing rock and roll with. Uh, with Jimmy Page. Oh, on right guitar. on. Yeah, oh, really? yeah, I never yeah, heard that. Kenner- you haven't heard that? No, no. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. Like, so, he, yeah, he he also had this incredible voice. You know, he, like, Amazing. And, and so, eventually, you know, Foo Fighters, he, they'd be like, all right, you can, like, sing a classic rock song at the yeah, end of the game on or whatever, <laughs> you know. Come on up. And Dave will go back and drumming. So, this is Dave Grohl drumming. And plus, it's, it's, it's a perfect chance to see his incredible pants. That he has on, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. exactly. He's always, His spandex yep. pants. Yes, oh. yes. We'll be so anyway, here's 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 Taylor singing "Somebody to Love" by Queen at their last show. Can you find me? Can you find me? Somebody, somebody to, somebody to. honest when i was pulling that clip that brought a little tear in my eye yeah frankly. yeah dude and he's like it's it, it it's not like there's gonna be like taylor hawkins like oh early oh this is early in his career and this is later he didn't he pretty much looked the same yeah, so he's yeah. Up there singing, yeah. it's like you know what i mean it's it's not like oh this is like towards the end yeah mm-hmm. that's true he's like he's like in his prime dude yeah and it, it's amazing it just sucks. you saying at the beginning of this that what, 25 years? Yep. 25 years? Yeah. I, they, I mean, they, they were together, yeah. That's insane. I mean, that's, that's, uh, you think about like some of the earlier rock bands in history, how much they aged over a 20, 25 years. Yeah, over a five year period. You know, <laughs> um, so yeah, no, they, they were yep. doing something remarkable and will definitely be missed. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, man. No doubt. Oh boy! Okay, Nick Klein. Hey Follow man, all that up. Why don't right we? Up. Can we get? Can we get a palate cleanser? Absolutely. All right. First thing I want to do. My good friends, Black Midi, have come hey. out with a with a ridiculous three uh, 
three song EP called Calva Covers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I want to play. I want this one. This is awesome. I love this one. So I want to listen to the first uh, Calva cover. All um, right. Uh, this is 21st Century Schizoid Man. Oh, I've heard this song before. Yes, you. Oh yeah. Man, this this album, this three song album, has a King Crimson cover, Twenty First Century Schizoid Man, uh, a Captain Beefheart cover, Moonlight on Vermont, oh, and a Taylor mm-hmm. Swift oh. and a Taylor Swift cover, Love Story. <laughs> <laughs> Love Story. Great. Yep, right in the middle. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, those uh, so those horns he, remind me of Zappa horns too. They have they have they awesome. totally and entirely won my heart. That's long story <laughs> short, in that regard. Um, nice. Oh man. So yeah, that's a fun one. Um, but for my topic this week, I read an article in uh, Bandcamp um, on like the blog section that they have called "The Remarkable Rise of Wrong Speed Records." Um, Ooh. Yeah, and it was it kind of it seemed like a generic enough Bandcamp blog post, but um, kind of as I was going through it, it it's basically talking about uh, as the pandemic was kind of spreading, uh, this UK artist Joe Thompson and his friend and bandmate Chris Summerlin decided that they were going to go ahead and take all the work that they've been doing and all of their friends have been doing and create a label. And um, and f- in this case, with these guys, uh, they've actually found themselves having some some significant success um, in kind of pulling together. And, and it really got me thinking about something that we've kind of talked about a little bit, um, which is uh, like the purpose of labels. And mm. um, mm-hmm. because the, the way the story kind of describes it, and it may be... It may be that the time has come where like independent record labels are going to start popping back up again, uh, which is a cycle. So basically, it got me thinking: is our independent record labels is that going to start uh, rising up again? Does it seem like that's the right time right now for hmm. kind of a collective of artists to come together, uh, pull their money, however they do it, to kind of find the design artist, to find the different pieces that it takes to put a record out successfully? Yeah. Does that seem like an effective model right now? I think so. I think so. I, at least from what these guys are doing, I think that with as niche 
as so much music is these days mm-hmm. you know i mean music's always been niche but it just seems like it's so fragmented nowadays like one good thing that a label can do is bring in like if you're familiar if you're if you trust a label enough and like they've put out these records that you like mm-hmm. you can trust going to that source for other artists that you haven't heard before you as a music consumer that, when you're saying yeah. you okay yeah it. yeah and have them be a source to kind of curate things that you might be interested in mm-hmm. or at least the aesthetic or you know the sound that you're interested in too right. you know like we're, we're talking about uh, Daptone Records is yes. a good example of that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know what you're going to get from yep. from that and, and I think these guys are another good example of that um, in a completely different genre and I think it serves how fragmented music is nowadays I think it serves it pretty well for the consumer to have a place to go to think ah well if I like this I might like that as well Greg what do you think it depends I think on the genre um, that we're sort of dealing with Um, I think that there's definitely certain scenes that uh, like I could point to a couple of labels uh, Daptone is one in in the more rock world you have like a Riding Easy Records is kind of like a stoner doom metal kind of thing, and okay. it's, it like it, people people like the label instead. It, it's not so much about the bands. It's yeah. like oh, I, like the, the label is the brand. Okay, yeah. interesting, right? Yeah. And the bands are like almost like characters in their like universe. Yeah, yeah. kind of similar yeah. to Daptone. Yeah, um, yeah. Another one is like a heavy metal label called Sumerian, which uh, started in DC and then moved out to LA, I think. Uh, that's like where Animals as Leaders is on, and they're finding success with um, more mainstream artists, um, and with Animals as Leaders, which is, I mean, like they were like number nine on the charts this yeah. week, and they are bizarre. You know, we've played them on the show before. Mm-hmm. So, in any case, that's what I think of when I hear about these, like, kind of more, um, you know, these more independent labels that are devoted to a genre of music that is pretty specific and it just sort of depends like what happens to that genre of music yeah um how successful those touring acts are mm-hmm. um are they bringing revenue back are they are they um what's the word i'm looking for are, um distributing are they the, the uh, expenses no oh, okay. not oh, just okay. that because distrib- um are they rec- recouping are they recouping uh, the losses, or the loss, quote unquote, the investments that the mm-hmm. label has made, you know, into them, which now looks way different than it did in, you know, like, the, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. in decades prior, um, because the, the certain things you won't are almost not free, but no, distrib- it's, it's, like online, it's dis- online distribution is so easy for anybody can have that. You don't mm-hmm. need a label for that. Yeah. It, it, it begs the question too, like how much, like what is the label really going to do? But well, and, and when th- it is, yeah, that, well, and, and I think well, well, if it turns out that you fit into this like family of bands, then yes, it might be a good thing because now anybody who follows that label is going to be interested in your band just automatically, just because right. you're under their brand. And it also gives, you know, like I'm learning more and more, like in the booking business, you know, when you work with an agency, it's you have a power, mm-hmm. you have a little more power be- yeah. in, in negotiating because. Power, yeah. Negotiating power, right? Because it's like, well, if you don't have us, then it might actually hurt your uh, relationship with this other band yeah. that we know you really like, right? And this other band, because we're all kind of we're we're yeah. linked, 
Yeah. So, and the label is the same way. And yeah. I'm sure there's there's many other um, examples of that throughout business, but in the music business, it's that it's that kind of thing. You know, it's like different artists. Yeah. That you can, you know, if you're related to it, and it can open all kinds of different things. I mean, um, the cool thing about this story in particular was was also so it, there were some artists, and all of these artists had like their own pet projects, but then they also had like a graphic designer and somebody that kind of did, right. did like writing and somebody that would kind of handle the phones and that kind of stuff. So it really is just like a group of, right. it's the people now because you don't have the actual, I mean, there are some expenses. It's not, it's not free to do any of this stuff, but when you're talking the hundreds of dollars not the, or hundreds of pounds, not the you know, tens of thousands that it used to take to get, to get a pressing or something right. like that. Um, mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And there's still, you know, it's, it, if you're going to be doing that kind of thing, if you're trying to press vinyl and do all that stuff, it's, you know, that's Which, where a label really helps. Yeah, but I mean, it actually, my second follow, or my, my initial question, but I guess as my follow-up was, it, it kind of makes it seem like if an album is a project, like the label's function right now is almost like a glorified project manager because they're like, Pulling right. together the assets to get this thing cobbled <laughs> together and getting the you know thing having things on time and delivering and uploading and I mean that's that's really what they're doing is they're 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 facilitating all of the all of the work that it goes into to make an album so that you know hopefully the artist can just focus on the art. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's more like a general contractor than a project manager. There you go. I mean, sure, I, sure. it's because you're going to have people in house at the label if the label is worth anything that like you said, can take care of the graphic design mm -hmm. if the band doesn't do that. They can take care of the marketing side. They can take care of responding to press inquiries. They right. can put together like a good bio of the band if the if the band is not able to do that. And also handle the project management part of it, which is meeting deadlines and, you know, talking to the right people and make sure. sure you have the right people aligned, which, yes. you know, if, if you're a DIY band, like a punk band or you know, like sleepers in our original incarnation, we're, uh -huh. we're just trying to make an album and get it pressed to vinyl. It's just two of us and we're going to do it by hook or by crook. And yeah. that was kind of fun to do, but it was also pain in the goddamn ass, you know, to do. Sure, sure. <laughs> and if, you know, if we were signed to a label, I, you know, well, who knows if the, the results, <laughs> who, would, who knows if the results would have been as satisfying for me, I don't know, but yeah, you, you get know, to go and relax a little bit and then yeah, like hear you know, about where, where you're going to be playing on tour. We get the things that maybe? bands take care of, you know, that the artists take care of and let the business people take care of the business side of things, you know. Right. And, you know, promotion is another big part of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, we certainly did not promote ourselves extremely well because mm -mm. um, I don't like doing that and I don't know how to do it very well. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, um, I think labels have a lot have a lot to offer. Big labels, I don't think, have as much to offer unless you're in that rarefied air of like the top 2%, you know, of popular artists in the world. But yeah. niche labels like what you're talking about, I think have a lot of value if they understand where you're coming from. And, and they understand their audience and, and how to get right, the music they, out to those people. Exactly, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep, awesome. Cool, that was it, that's all I got. Right on. Jay well, home. and then there was one. Indeed and there I'm was. I'm gonna talk. <laughs> about jam bands what jam bands gentlemen you are talking about jam bands? i know i know we're gonna listen it's to weird, mo right? <laughs> <laughs> uh kind of maybe okay I don't sweet know. Awesome. <laughs> um okay so i became hip to the band goose last week goose guys hmm. now nick i know i've opined at you at length about the band goose but greg have you ever heard of goose i've heard of them i You've can't remember them. where okay 
All right. I think, you know what it is? I think they played uh, some shows and some, a buddy of mine photographed them. Well, all right. Okay. And I was posting photos. And they I tagged them like, or something? Who names yeah. a band Goose? <laughs> You're about to find out, Greg. That is All exactly right. right. Uh, Goose has become my new obsession. Obsession, eh? Yeah, this is this is this is the opening track off of their 2021 album called Shenanigans Nightclub, and it is called So Ready. Let's do it. So, okay, yeah. As the song was playing, I was recalling how I came in contact with this band. So it was from a premiere guitar rig rundown on YouTube. Yes, right. Uh-huh. It just been published, and I check out almost all of them um, because right. I'm a gear nerd. That's what you do, irrespective of the band. And this is a perfect example. I've never heard of the band Goose before, but I'm going to check them out immediately. I was struck by the first person they interview is their second guitar player who plays guitar and is also surrounded by a rack of keyboards, like five keyboards around him. So he wow, plays guitar okay. and keyboard. Mm-hmm. I liked the pedals that he had. I liked the amp that he had. I liked the stuff that he was doing. I'm like, oh, this is pretty jazzy, right. pretty cool. cool. Okay, yeah. dig it. Then they cut over to the other guitar player. I dig what he's doing. I, I, he's playing a PRS Hollow Body 2. I love that guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, dig what he's doing. I'm like, all right, well, let me go check these guys out. And I pull them up on Spotify, and it, it immediately tags them as a as a jam band. Okay. And this like, is, well, I've never heard a note that they've played as yeah. a band. But already, my mind right. is like, uh, oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. all right. So but, I picked an album at random. Okay. It was Shenanigans Nightclub, right. and it was the track that you just heard. And I was like, oh hell yeah, I can get down with this. <laughs> hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funky. It's cool. The vocals are great. Yeah, guitar's yeah. great. There's a good, great guitar solo in it. Like mm-hmm. really jazzy, cool kind of Steely Dan mm-hmm. guitar solo in there. Yeah, I was gonna say it has that. It has a Steely Dan vibe. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. Listen to the less the rest of the album, and I was just like transfixed. Like these guys are. This is like the best band on the planet. These guys are so freaking good, mm-hmm. talented. Yeah. 
and talented and like multifaceted and like doing different stuff. Like I can't believe they're just put in this jam band category. Well, you go and you, you pull up a live album of theirs and it's immediately, oh, yeah, they are a jam band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. I like these guys. And I think I, Good for it, you. It, it, it just spawned a whole bunch of different like cascading emotions and thought patterns in my head because Who am I? Like, <laughs> why do I have I such why do I have such an averse reaction to a band as being labeled as a jazz band, as as a jam band? Right? Well, I don't know, Jay. I don't know. There's a lot to unpack there for sure. Sure. Um, Definitely. But I guess the question for you guys is like is that even a fair genre? Like is jam band like what do you guys think of whenever you hear jam band? Greg, what do you what do you think? immediately oh man well first of all yeah i do think it is a very fair genre because of the live uh i've actually played and gone to like you know but i've played a lot of hippie fests Mm -hmm. okay and they're not the same thing as other concerts (laughs) right yeah right and usually the music associated with that is this type of sound okay um the jam thing which gets old very quickly a lot of the time Okay. Uh, unless you're on drugs, which is what uh, people do. What there. about what about this you know? sound in particular <laughs> speaks jam band to you? It's like dancey, but not it, it, and like a, it's like a fun, it's white boy funk. White you boy know funk. I mean? Okay. Uh, All right. You know, and uh, with a lot of you know, a lot of wacky yeah. wank out, wonking, wonking the around wackadoo, it. The the mutron, and then always the, the a big old solo, basically exactly what you described. And like in this case, the vocals are like decent, but usually the vocals are not very good. Okay, so that was uh, like that, point. That was like a big point for me with this band. Yeah, the vocals are excellent. This guy's yeah, a great it's singer. So common for and a jam band to have a crappy vocal. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Why is that? I, like, why is that? Because I, I, it's all based on a blueprint of the Grateful Dead. Okay. You well, and I mean? also because and, and, yeah, and because because it matters less to how they succeed as a band, which is. And they're out there. To, sorry, Greg, I, I did cut you off, but the the no, that's fine. The the live, yeah. To me, it, uh, anybody can be a jam. I, it, it seems like the diversity amongst the jam bands that I even like or would consider jam bands, which is it's it's just a party of a concert, and they take their songs and they draw them way out uh, sometimes, yeah. and they'll they'll incorporate other things. It's it's like a mentality of when we play live, it's it's a party. And we're just going to explore together, and you're going to be part right. of that. There's also there's, there's also like more layers to that. Like they're these bands are trying to peak as the pe- drugs that people have taken are peaking. <laughs> you yeah. know, okay, they, they it's like sure. not by accident. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean, well, I so enjoy it, and I'm usually like, sober. So I, yeah, it's <laughs> that's fine. But I'm saying like that that the generally the culture. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like that's that's what it's all. That's not what it's all about. But it's it's more about like community and and you know and but yeah that is part of the strategy sure yeah you know i, I totally agree with with everything that you guys have said absolutely and i i think that the reason that this band stands out to me is a i, I like they have two great guitar players in the band mm-hmm. and, and and two they have an excellent vocalist who can write like real melodic songs yeah and that to me like it j- just like really snapped like on a light in my head like oh, that's why i don't like fish that much because <laughs> like Trey is like he's a great musician but not a great singer 
And like most of the jam bands, no, like I, they just yeah. don't put like any effort into the vocals or like the, the melodies, song structural yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's what made them stand out to me. And I kind of think that this band Goose is like they're kind of like a next generation jam jam band based on some things that I've heard them say. Okay. And I, I'm going to pull this from this is from the, their Wikipedia page. Um, you can go see it. This is under the musical style and influences. And I should also say that this band has only been together since 2014. And okay. only 2017 in their current iteration. Like okay. they were just starting to hit a peak um, in 2019, right before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, they did this cool thing where they it, it, they had all these great um, gigs lined up, and they ended up COVID shut them down. And instead, the band they ended up live streaming eight concerts without oh, nice. an audience from one place, this barn in Virginia. And um, that ended up grossing them more than a hundred thousand dollars as a band. Wow! Which is like huge. Like these guys yeah. are these guys are really big, <laughs> and I yeah. had never heard of them. Before. Anyway, musical style and influences. Speaking to Uproxx music critic Stephen Hayden, guitarist Rick Mitterotunda said, mm-hmm. "Frankly, there are a lot of cheesy and not great jam bands out there that have existed over time." Obviously, we strayed away from that for obvious reasons, or tried to at least. But, I mean, we are a jam band. We jam, and we improvise a lot. So that statement right. says to me a lot. Like, yeah. they we- recognize the pitfalls of the jam band community, and they're trying their best to overcome that. But, and hearing from hearing other interviews from this same guy, their leader, uh, Rick... He really embraces the whole jam aspect of it. Yeah. And like really tries to guide the band through like peaks and valleys in their set. Like he is really into that whole thing, but is definitely aware of the pitfalls. Yeah. Which I think is well, kind of meta. But there's a there's a there's an advantage because our if you're accepted by that jam community, you can play all the time. Yeah. Because there's right. always festivals happening. <clears throat> so you don't want to go up there necessarily and be like, we're not a jam band. We don't want anything to do with that. Right. You know right. what I mean? It's like because it is like definitely the only way that a band that's doing what they're doing, you have to get plugged into that circuit. Absolutely. Yeah. But and you also have to stick out. You also have to, you know, so absolutely great. And that's he's saying ex- what he's saying. Exactly what my last point was gonna be was like I'm amazed and awed and happy that the jam band scene is still as strong as it is. I'm not I guess I'm not amazed because the people who really follow jam bands are some of the biggest music fans that I know. Yeah. And they follow those bands religiously and they will go spend absurd amount of money mm-hmm. following these bands across the country. And it's it, you just don't see that level of participation in many other music communities. Yeah. Yeah. Metal metal is like the only metal is another good one. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so it's just great to see. And this is a brand new band. Like you can still do it, guys. Like if you want to be in a jam band and join the jam band circuit and do that thing, you can still do it and make it happen. Like it's very inspiring to me. Great to see. Um cool to to tap back into the jam band scene a little bit. Yeah. And they yeah, are goose. coming to Merryweather Post here in August, Nick. If you oh, want yeah. to yeah. go, we should go, man. August, all right. That'll be fun. Yeah, man. I saw Fish at Merryweather Post Pavilion. It's one of the sickest shows I've ever seen, man. There you go. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not the biggest. Obviously, I'm not the biggest jam band guy. And I will say that I do like putting on Grateful Dead sometimes. <clears throat> you mentioned that a couple weeks ago. Yep. So, that yeah. Yeah. You know, very it's brave. A, there's, of you there's a time and a place. Like, <laughs> we don't. Yep. That's right. There's a time and a place. That's right. It just is. 
you know mm. well Good boys stuff. speaking of a time and a place it is the time and a place for us to wrap up what an awesome show thank you yeah. guys appreciate Indeed. it Greg, tell the fine folks how to get in touch with us please all right well you can find us online at you should check it out.com Find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, our handle is at shouldcheck. Send us an email at ysciopodcast at gmail.com. Go listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever wherever podcasts are heard and leave us a review. And as always, tell a friend you should check it out. Yes, indeed. Yes, you should. Thank you, sir. Awesome. We need to get no we need to tap into that uh, jam podcast community. Is there such a thing? Like just free for you, you just oh, riff, you just, oh, just dude, six hour episodes. I, I think it's record. a hardcore history oh. hat crowd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I, I deleted the files, bro. Oh. Bro, did you see? Did you hear? You should check it out. It's the last set. Oh man, they oh, they dude. they went the, they were doing uh Greg's riff oh, like halfway John, through. John, John Batiste. I mean, it, it was classic, man. It was classic, classic Rossman. <laughs> <laughs> classic Rossman, bro. <laughs> boys. Thank you so much. We'll see you back here next week. Awesome. Later, homie. Peace. Peace.